Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. In for the boys today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on ESPN Radio. Also the ESPN app and watch as well on ESPN2 and ESPN News. And before we get to, you better get Notre Dame now or else. And what happened to the family when it comes to LSU versus Florida State last night. We had a discussion. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Harry started the discussion by saying that if Cam Newton started at Florida over Tim Tebow, they would win three national championships. And before he said that, I said, Harry's a good guy. After that, I made sure that people came to the drug test to make sure that he was not completely out of his mind. <laughs> but people waiting on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and H. Douglas 83. Eric Bird says, come on, Freddie. Tebow was good in college, but he had a lot of weapons. Cam was a one-man show at Auburn and carried that team. I'm with Harry Douglas on that one. Eric, here's why I'm not with both of you. And I'm not doubting that in terms of talent, if you say that who was a better quarterback in terms of talent, I'm with you, Harry, when it comes to Cam Newton being a more talented quarterback from top to bottom when it comes to Tim Tebow. But it is so hard to win championships. Three national championships, yeah, I'm not joining you guys on that one. Well, I mean, I mean, they, they would have at least competed for three. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't they, doubt they that. I they would have been right that. there. I mean, they was already right there with Tim Tebow as quarterback. You know what I mean? So right. I got it. I, I think if and, and it's all hypotheticals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we get the Cam Newton that we seen that was in Auburn. Now another guy on Twitter told me like his journey actually helped set up some things, and that's that's also true. Right. Right. So yeah, sure. I'm not just going. I can't just sit up here and say Cam Newton would have been that same guy if he would have stayed at Florida. But right. his journey allowed him to be what he was at Auburn. I'm just saying if we if we got the Cam Newton that we seen at Auburn. And he was that guy at Florida. I think they would have had a great opportunity to win national championships every year he was there. Carlos Ramon Graham hit us up saying, great discussion, you guys, about Cam and Tebow. Definitely Cam was a better quarterback. But, man, Tebow had some other world magic when it came to college. Not sure if any quarterback would have had a better result than those two titles, but that was a really, really good discussion. It was a good discussion, even though we're well, we got to talk about that. we got to talk about that first title, though, Freddie, because – um, here's a little something that people don't know. See, I happened to be in college when they won that first title. Mm-hmm. And we, at the time, was ranked in the top five. And we lost a Thursday night game. We, me as Louisville, at Louisville. Right. We lost on a Thursday night to Rutgers. Oh, yeah, if I remember. We don't lose, yeah. If we don't lose that game, Florida don't even go to the national championship. Yeah, but then again, as my, but wife, did it happen? As my wife Denise would tell you, her husband does not believe in hypotheticals. What yep. happened is what happened. Handle it or be handled. You guys got handled. Plus, I like Chris Leak too. Oh, we I like did, Chris we, Leak too. We went to we went to a sure. lot of camps together growing yeah, up. So. Exactly. I mean, Chris yeah. Leak was the starting quarterback, but Tim Tebow was a part of that as well, and they brought him. But in the it was just packages. something about Tim Tebow that mm. things that you can't coach, man. Yeah. Things that you can't, you know, try to tell a player he has to do, mm-hmm. and those intangibles are are what made Florida so good. Because we got to be honest now, Florida has some some. He, they, they had a, some yeah. players out. They had yeah. to, but you need that one guy that, you know, to kind of get the troops together, mm-hmm. like, you know, calm some things down. Mm-hmm. And Tim Tebow was that guy for the University of Florida. And because he was that guy, uh, players rallied behind him, and they did so well while he was at the University of you Florida. You can never go against the nation of Tebow. Whoa. Tebow, you cannot <laughs> go against that nation if you want to continue to stay alive when it comes to talking about college football. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase and ESPN Radio and watch us as well on ESPN2. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. So when it comes to last night, you can hear it in the voice right now, Harry, of Mike Novell, the Florida State head coach. 
2-0 for the first time in a long time. They beat LSU 24-23. to They blocked the field goal. They blocked an extra point. LSU muffed two punts. Mike Norvell didn't want to hear anything about how big this was of a win for Florida State as a program. It's big for everybody because you know, we did have a great stage to put on display the identity of what I believe this team is made up of. And it's young men with character that, that love to work, that, that believe in each other, that they believe in the process. And I would have liked to have probably finished that game a lot cleaner than what we did. And um, as I've said before, sometimes you need to go through what you need to prove you can get through. In other words, how he's saying, get off me at least for this week, <laughs> because yeah. we're 2 we beat LSU. <laughs> it was huge. It was huge for Mike Norvell, um, who hasn't had the success that he probably wanted. The first year he got there, it was a lot of uh, dysfunction. Um, he tried to get things going last year, but then they lo- lost to, was it Jacksonville State? Yeah. Lost that to Jacksonville FCS State. Program. on the yeah. Was it the last play of the game as well? The mm-hmm. last play of the game, they lost to Jacksonville State. Uh, the start of the season 2-0, like the first game they played this year, they had three 100-yard rushers. And that, that really opened my eyes. And then you seen him last night. I'm, I'm impressed with, with Travis, the quarterback, and how he's progressed um, throughout the years and seeing him last night under yeah. pressure just delivering for this team with his arm, with his legs, and being poised and being composed. And I thought it was very dynamic. A guy named Danny Connell, who played quarterback for Florida State, work done, was at the game. But a lot of Florida State fans was upset uh, from the toss sweep play, right, that, right. That, that, that the running back fumbled down at the end. And Danny Connell tweeted – I never heard any Florida, any fans complain about that when I gave that toss to work done a ton of times back in the day. <laughs> well, where were Listen, they when that play worked was, the first 24 times in the game? It was, it was just a mishaps. Thank Those you. things happen. Now, you don't want them to happen, but exactly. it happened. God. It, it, they happen. God. Fan bases, I love fan bases in college football, but at times, how about open your bloody eyes? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, that play worked a lot because I guarantee you, you know what the narrative sounded like if they didn't fumble the ball? They kept running that play. It was great. They fumbled the first time. The LSU only time. couldn't stop it. Exactly. <laughs> the kid catches it. I get results with determined narratives. It's just idiotic when you hear yeah. stuff like that from fans. Your team actually was able to pull this game out and win. This is a game that this team, this program, would not have won the last four to five years when you threw it so many different coaches since Bobby Bowden. You're 2-0 and for the first time in a long, long time. Accept the victories and stop trying to figure out what's so wrong that's going to cost your football team because the first 24 times that play was working. It didn't work the last time, and LSU almost scored. I get it, but enough with that. that it's just, that's just dumb when it comes to fan base that want to get on a team that is now 2-0 for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and I thought Florida State did enough uh, of good things in that game to win it. You talk about uh, recovering muff kicks by the punt returner for LSU. You talk about blocking kicks. When they needed the most, you talk about the quarterback position, uh, the receiver stepping up when they need to play, uh, make plays, the mm-hmm. trick play yeah. that, that turned into a score. So there was enough good things and positive things. You can, you can always learn from a football game, but I thought there was a, there were also enough positive things uh, amongst Florida State that that allowed them to win the game as well. And one team that really was able to have a lot of positives despite not winning was Notre Dame, because nobody yes. thought they would hold an Ohio State offense. That was a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Then it dropped down to 16-and-a-half the day of the game, Harry. Nobody thought that Notre Dame, A, would have a halftime lead, B, defense would play that well, and C, would hold Ohio State to 21. But Marcus Freeman, who played at Ohio State, the Notre Dame head coach, he's not trying to hear it about moral victories. There's no such thing as a moral victory. We didn't, we didn't win. We didn't finish the game. We didn't execute. Um, I think we found out we got a good football team. We got a good, we got a tough, we got a football team. 
we got to learn how to finish. And uh, that's ultimately what happened in the game. Battle, battle for three and a half, two and a half quarters. Um, and then they score one for 17 seconds before the half, before the third quarter. And then we don't respond and they go in and score again in the fourth quarter. And that's the game. That's really the game in that. We didn't finish. We got to be able to finish when it matters the most, and um, that's ultimately what cost us. So we got a lot to learn from from this game. I don't see this team potentially losing again to November fifth. They're not losing to Marshall. They're not losing to California. North Carolina can't play any defense. BYU is good, but not that good. Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse. There, to me, are not in danger of losing any more games, Harry, until November fifth when they take on Clemson, and that game's going to be in Notre Dame at seven thirty that night. Yeah, Freddie, I told multiple people on the sidelines of that game as I was watching it, whether Notre Dame wins or loses football game, this is a win in Notre Dame. And I understand what Coach Freeman is talking about. There's no such thing as more victories. But a lot of people came out of there with uh, more praise for Notre Dame than they did cheers for Ohio State. Sure. And the play he just discussed and talked about right before the third quarter was over, I thought Notre Dame secondary did a phenomenal job containing the skill position players of, of Ohio State. That touchdown play that on third and 11, they went cover zero. Cover zero is all out blitz. You have no safety help. Everybody's on the island. And C.J. Stroud being so damn good uh, in which he is, noticed it, seen it, deciphered it, and threw a post for a touchdown. Now, cover zero coverage, you're not supposed to let a receiver inside leverage of you. So he's not supposed to be inside on the post. But – you got to also remember, C.J. Stroud was a guy who was a Heisman candidate last year, so he dissected it all down um, and threw a touchdown. But the secondary, and I think the lack of depth defensive line-wise, mm-hmm. is why Notre Dame didn't win the game. Yeah, but i tell you what. Secondary did a great job. They really did, and they're only going to get better and better. And they'll find other players that can step up in that void when it comes to having those kind of injuries and that depth on that defensive line. But, yeah, Ohio State had to get them then because if they didn't, I don't think anybody else would have a chance to get Notre Dame until November 5th when they take on Clemson. They're going to play that game at home at 730 that night. With Harry Douglas, hit him on Twitter, hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, in for the guys today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And we're going to get to the hot or the not when it comes to Matthew Stafford, the Rams Super Bowl chances, and that elbow that's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. One of the wildest games that I've ever seen, and I'm not sure either of those teams deserve to win the game based Uh, upon some of the things that transpired. The Brian Kelly start in Baton Rouge could not have gone through much more of a roller coaster ride when you look at that. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Can't have hot news or not news if Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior reporter, is not a part of that. He joins in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Catches on ESPN Radio and watches on ESPN2. Hot news or not news brought by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Before we start hot news or not news, Jeremy asked Harry Douglas a question about Harry playing in the NFL <laughs> right now. Jeremy, what did you ask Harry that I want people to hear? No, I'm just always fascinated when I, when I see ex-players and they're still in excellent shape. I ask them, hey, could you still go like six to eight snaps? You look like you can still play a little bit. So I, and I was Harry, always curious if they had to put it on the line and <laughs> uh-huh. go out there and actually play NFL football, could they still do and it? And Harry's answer was? Well, six, six to eight snaps, that, that, that's easy. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to practice. I don't want to, I don't have, I don't want anything to do with that buildup. I don't want my body being sore. I love waking up and my body, well, it don't feel great because I'd had so many surgeries, but I love right. waking up and not, and I'm not, I don't have helmet bruises on my thighs or my ribs being sore. I don't miss that. One of my favorite quotes about yes, that, sir. Jeremy and Harry, was when Eric Allen, who used to work for us and now does a great job for the Pac 12 network, and he tore his ACL. Yeah. And he was at practice one day when he played for the Saints. He said, I want to go back to that. <laughs> I said, really? No. Go. He said, no, that. boss. He, he said, mm. he said, certain things you say to yourself. Yep. That's when my yeah. time in eating in the NFL is going to be a lot shorter right. than that. Yeah, Thanks, no doubt man. about that. No but, doubt. but Matthew Stafford's time in the NFL eating is not anywhere near towards his end. A lot of people concerned about that digit, meaning his throwing shoulder, his throwing elbow. Matthew Stafford has an answer for that. I feel good. I'm ready to go. No limitations. I feel great. I mean, I'm ready to go play. Can always be, uh, can always be better. Can always try to feel like I'm 21 again. I'll keep trying. But, uh, no, I feel I feel really good. I feel like I can make every throw. I don't know what else you need to hear from me. So, Jeremy and Harry, apparently Matthew Stafford is James Brown. I feel good. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I knew that I would. Now, nah, 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 nah. is that hot news or not news that he says, Jeremy, he has no limitations getting ready for Thursday season opener versus the Buffalo Bills? I think in the bigger picture, it is hot news because this is something that the Rams are probably going to have to monitor all year. You're talking about Super Bowl-winning quarterback, a team trying to repeat a top 10, unquestionable top 10 quarterback um, who's having elbow issues, who had to miss some practice time. It's not news in that what he's saying and, and the news he's delivering is is good, right? Like, it's not really a story to him right now or the Rams because they're ready for week one. He's feeling fine. 
long term, though, this is a hot news story for sure. Yeah, I agree with Jeremy. Short term, it's not an issue. Now, I think it can become an issue if the offensive line without an Andrew Whitworth, Austin Corbett, doesn't block the defensive line of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the Buffalo Bills right. and they start hitting that elbow a little bit and he starts feeling some kind of way. But long term, I think, is more so when you need to pay attention to it. How is he going to feel midseason? How is he going to feel down the, uh, at, the, at the tail end of the season as they're trying to repeat as champions? Jimmy G said he did not want to ruffle feathers by requesting a release from the San Francisco 49ers, guys. Says he's happy to stay with the 49ers. Jeremy, is this hot news or not news? This is hot news. I mean, this is really the story no. of the offseason in the last few weeks. Is, is You have a team that has a window to compete for a championship ready-made, and uh, you have this quarterback out there that started as and had success for him and had to just sit out and wait and had really no trade market, and then here he is back together with Trey Lance. And so – um, it's it's news in that what he said was interesting because he certainly could have asked for his release. He could have, uh, you know, tried to figure out the sh- the shoulder surgery issue earlier. You know that the the surgery changed everything because they were uh, they had to wait till late July before they even could, even could try to drum up a market. Uh, so this is this is to me hot news because it's not going away. I mean, we're going to be talking about Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Every time they win or lose a game or, or how the 49ers are doing. Yeah, I think it's hot news. And, Jeremy, to your point, if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't need soldier, uh, uh, shoulder surgery, he would have been traded by now. And it would have been mm-hmm. a lot of contenders, a lot of people willing to trade whatever to get Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quarterback of their teams. But that's not what happened. He had to have that soldier surgery. But it's like Goody Mob. Freddie, you remember Goody Mob? Oh, yeah. Who's that peeking in my window? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, who was that peeking behind Trey Lance? Jimmy G. Yes, well it done. is. Yes, it is. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Anytime a Goody Mob references makes the show, yep. it's good for the show, it's good for the soul, and damn it, it's good for the country. So it's yes, Jeremy sir. Fowler, ESPN senior reporter. Hit him on Twitter, Jay Fowler ESPN. Also, catch more of him on Get Up at 8 a.m. this morning. Joining us on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Pittsburgh Steelers, Jeremy, have still not named a starting quarterback. Yeah. Is this hot news or not news? It's not news because everybody pretty much knows it's going to be Mitch Trubisky at this point. Mike Tomlin, he's never done this before. He's always had Ben Roethlisberger, so this is really his first quarterback competition. He could surprise us and go Kenny Pickett, but that's not really the expectation. So the hot news will come in week four, week six, week eight, when usually first-round quarterbacks play. Almost all these guys play year one. So history is not on Trubisky's side, so he's got to play really well to keep that job. Yeah, I don't think this is news. Mike Tomlin, we know, if not, he's one of the best quarterbacks, uh, excuse me, best uh, head coaches in the National Football League. Uh, I love when he does his press conference. We're not going to make knee-jerk reactions Mm -hmm. to what y'all are seeing. I love when he says that because a lot of people like to make instant uh, decisions off of what they're seeing. But he views everything in the big picture. He wants to review practice. He wants to review how these guys carry themselves around the facility, interact with with their teammates, uh, along with the preseason games as well. This was Mr. Trubisky's job uh, going into training camp, right? And I don't think he did anything to lose it. Now, Kenny Pickett uh, pushed him a little bit more, but I think at the end of the day it will be Trubisky. But at some point I do believe that Kenny Pickett will play and be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Staying in the AFC North, still no contract extension with Lamar Jackson. We're six days away from the opening day for the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New York Jets. Jeremy, is this hot news or not news? This is hot news. This is the hot news of the week. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens have had the better part of the last year to try to get a contract done. Here we are. There's no momentum that I'm hearing about right now, at least. People I'm talking to are skeptical. 
and it, it feels dead. Now, they yeah. can lock themselves in a room over the next six days and say, hey, Lamar, take a few practices off. Let's go meet with the front office. Um, right now, it just doesn't seem to be adding up. So we have a former MVP who's going into a contract year. Um, it just feels uh, wrong in some ways. You know, it, it feels backward because, <laughs> you know, we have guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, all these guys get all these guys getting deals. You would think Lamar would be next. But this is a now a two-year standoff, it's looking like, unless they can pull off an upset. Yeah, this is hot news. And, Jeremy, you said, hey, uh, Lamar, take a couple practices off. Let's lock ourselves in a room while I'll tell you what should happen if they don't get a deal. Uh, on Friday, you know, you know you're know, touching up, your Friday practice. We call it, you used to call it Perfect Friday. If Lamar Jackson doesn't have a deal, that's when Lamar Jackson should tell him, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and sit this one out, y'all, till, till we can go ahead and get this deal done. Either way, six days, tick, 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 <laughs> tick, 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 tick. A guy who loves being a part of hot news is not news because he always makes the news. Anytime he says something, it's Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner. Yeah. From 105.3, the fan in Dallas, Jeremy Harry, check, out, check a listen to what he had to say about being a risk taker. No one would deny that I'm a risk taker. No right. one. Right. I take risks, okay. and I do it every day in All my right. life. All right. And so there's a proper time to take some risks. Sure. We have taken them and we will take them. Right. I hope that some of the risks that I take in the future uh-huh. will result in a change uh-huh. from where we've been and that's not getting to the Super Bowl. Oh, but I do that every day in my life. Oh, he does that every day in his life, Jeremy. <laughs> so he says being a risk taker, hopes that it will get the Cowboys back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Is he talking about his investment portfolio? <laughs> hey, watch him out. That's another story for another day. Is that, is that hot news or not news, Jeremy? No, this is not news. He's been conservative with that portfolio of late. Yes. They, they have not taken a lot of risks. They've been like uh, very much draft and develop as, as a program over the last six to eight years. And it's actually worked pretty well. Four 10-win seasons, double-digit win seasons since 2014. That's better than where they were the previous eight years. When you know they, they haven't really relied on making like the splash trade or the splash move, they've drafted pretty well, and so I, you know I, I kind of look at them as a little boring in a good way. Right. Uh, so less risk, the better for the Cowboys. That, that's why I'm not overreacting to all the talk about them right now. I know they've had some injuries, but I still think they'll be okay. Yeah, this this is not hot news to me. I mean, I understand it's Jerry. <laughs> what what's hot news to me is how they're going to protect their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be number two, number three, receiver wise? Is everything going to be on Dak's shoulders? Right. Is Ezekiel Elliott going to be able to be his old self? Or just old. Can Mike McCarthy coach at a high level? Oh, boy. That's the hot news in my eyes when, it's, when, it's, when we're talking about Dallas. That's no news because all those things may be no, 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 no <laughs> this year when it comes to Cowboys in 2022 because the Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC East. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback Jeremy, is a fan of Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. He thinks he could be a good player – if people would just lay up off of him, is this hot news or not news? You're telling me he thinks uh, Zach Wilson could be a good player, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Although I think uh, Trey Aikman right now could be a better quarterback for the Jets than Zach Wilson, but I digress. The, the hotter It's not news. The hotter news is, is he going to play this week, which I expect Joe Flacco to get the start. Um, they need Zach Wilson to rest up, make sure that knee is totally 100% correct, ready to go, which they'll do. And uh, But it's the, the year two jump that he could make in the bigger picture is hot news because this is a, actually a sneaky good team roster-wise. Like, they've mm-hmm. built some good talent. I don't know if it's going to translate. Um, I expect them to at least be better than last year, somewhere between pushing for the playoffs and an improvement from last year's win total. So Zach Wilson has to be a big part of that. Yeah, this, this is not news to me. Um, 
I don't know who Troy Aikman knows that may know Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay. So I don't. I mean, it, but Troy played the quarterback position for a very long time, and uh, he did some great things. Won Super Bowl, so he knows that position better than me. Uh, but I don't know who he knows, so yeah. I'm going with not news. Okay, real quick, Jeremy, before we let you get out of here, because you know that you have to do get up at eight o'clock. Who's the sleeper team that nobody's talking about that could do some things in the NFL this year, in your opinion? Sleeper team? I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. You know, I spent some time there in training camp. Uh, the offense with Jared Goff and his new coordinator, they feel like they're going to have kind of a uh, stripped down, more detailed, but you know, less thorough attack that will get him more comfortable. You know, Goff has an edge to him, still feels like he can play in the league. Pretty good weapons on offense, good offensive line. Defense has been the question mark, but Aiden Hutchinson is a stud. I think he's going to be an immediate contributor. And they got some other guys that are intriguing enough where I could see them winning I don't know, a more respectable number of games than last year, I'll put it that way. He's a great follow on Twitter, Jay Fowler, ESPN. Always a pleasure, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, and look for him in about 32 minutes, give or take a lie or two, when he joins the crew on Get Up. Hey, Jeremy, I always appreciate you, my man, and thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Freddie. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate as a matter of fact, we're, as a matter of fact, we're going to give you our sleeper teams when it comes to Freddie coming Harry Douglas in the NFL. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for hanging out with us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, and watching us on ESPN2. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call the line. Your NFL sleeper team that could do some damage at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll give you ours. You can give us yours. NFL sleeper team at 888-729-3776. Harry, there's always one in the NFL. There's always a team that shows up. You say, where in the hell did they come from? Last year, for me, the Cincinnati Bengals were that team where people thought they, could, they were going to be better, but nobody yep. saw that kind of better where they get all the way to the Super Bowl and they were holding penalty away from pulling up that upset over the Los Angeles Rams. It's 2022. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior reporter, says keeping on the Detroit Lions, that could be a sleeper team. What about you? Yeah, I think the Detroit Lions as well. Uh, the question is, would Jared Goff be able to take them there? And when I look at this roster, you talk about uh, St. Brown, who finished the season very, very well last year playing in the slot. They drafted Jamison Williams. At what point will he be able to play another guy that could take the top off the defense? And then you got Hawkinson at the tight end position, DeAndre Swift at the running back, and Jamal Williams at the running back position as well. But then you flip over to the defensive side, and they have a guy, Jeff Okuda, who I think that was him I seen this weekend at the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I didn't realize how big Jeff Okuda he's, was. He, that's a big in person, man. man. Yeah, he's massive. I was like, my goodness. Yeah. But can he stay healthy? And then you drafted Aiden Hutchinson, who can be that guy. So they have some pieces. They have some young players. They have a young team. Can they be able to put it together to be able to make some noise and make the playoffs this year? But I think this is actually a team that you people better look out for in the next two or three years as well. Uh, the Detroit Lions, but can they can they put it all together? That's the question mark. Can they put it all together and make some noise in the NFC? I'll give you a sleeper team in that division called the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yes. The defense is going to be better. Kirk yep. Cousins knows he's playing for a contract. He always seems to be playing for a contract, to be honest with you. He's got Dalvin Cook, who I know is going to have at least 1,200 yards rushing for the Vikings. That offensive line is going to be better. They bring in Irv Smith at tight end. That's going to help Justin Jefferson. K.J. Osborne is going to be terrific for this team. Adam Thielen, if he stays healthy, he has not been healthy the last couple of years, Harry, for this football team. If he's able to do that, this team, I don't think anybody's going to threaten Green Bay in that division. But this Vikings team, if Kirk Cousins cannot just be checked down Kirk, yep. if he can make some big throws, because we've seen him do it in that playoff game versus the New Orleans Saints, but he hasn't done it enough. Now he's got a coaching staff that believes in him because we know Mike Zimmer, the end of his tenure, did not believe in Kirk Cousins. 
He's got a coach that's going to push him and make him a better quarterback and in turn make this team a better team. That could be a team. Not saying they're going to be the Cincinnati Bengals of this year where all of a sudden they get into the playoffs and have a great run of the Super Bowl. That's not what I'm saying. But I would not be surprised, Harry, if that team in Minnesota winds up winning about nine to ten games, they get a wild card spot, and then they keep getting better offensively and that defense continues to come around to help this football, help this football team. So, Freddie, I have the Minnesota Vikings as a team that, that, that's going to make the playoffs because okay. when I look at their schedule last, last year and I looked at a lot of their games, they lost a, they lost a lot of close ones that they should have uh-huh. They should have won. That's a good point. And I think one of the greatest things for this team is Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Los Angeles Rams. That system is a system that Kirk Cousins has been, was in at Washington when he played under Kyle Shanahan um, and Sean McVay and all those guys and even Matt LaFleur. All those was, guys was on the same staff together. Mm-hmm. So it's a familiar system. Also, I think Justin Jefferson is phenomenal that he has been. I think his game is going to be taken to another level. Uh, he's basically going to be playing the role that Cooper Cup played in, in, into that system last year. So I look for him to be even better. Uh, here's the thing. Irv Smith Jr., the tight end, they drafted him very, very high. He has not lived up to the hype. Can they get him? That's one of the things about this Shanahan system. They need the tight end to be productive, need the tight end to be a receiving guy that can uh, not only receive, though, but block as well at the point of attack. We know what the run game is going to be. Defensively last year, they were decimated by injury. Uh, they got some young guys over there on, the, uh, on that side of the ball now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to be, but I think the young secondary guys for Minnesota, they're going to have to step up and make some plays, uh, especially going against Aaron Rodgers in that division. They were 8-9 last year, eight losses, by seven points or less. Yep. They lost by three points to Cincinnati, one yep. point to Arizona, seven points to Cleveland, four points to Dallas with a backup quarterback, meaning the Cowboys, three points to the Ravens in overtime, eight points to the 49ers, two points to Detroit, seven brutal, points to the Rams, man. and then they lost by 27 to Green Bay because they had they didn't have Kirk Cousins. They had Sean Mannion playing the backup quarterback position. If they can flip even four of those games around, we're talking about a potential 11-win team. Yep. No doubt when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, that, that would be my sleeper team to look out for in the NFL. People want to weigh in at triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your NFL sleeper team is who and why. Connor in South Carolina, the great Palmetto State. Who's that sleeper team and why, my friend? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I think the Panthers are going to be the sleeper team. Just, I think Baker's got a lot of potential. His arm uh, healed right and I think they got with the players they have. They can might make a playoff run in that division. I could see it because, to his point, if Baker Mayfield plays anywhere near where we think he's going to play, and if Christian McCaffrey, Harry stays healthy, they got Robbie Anderson, they got Terrence Marshall Jr. That offensive line should be better. We know the defense can play a little bit. If Baker Mayfield does not give the ball away and make those mindless interceptions, we saw at times with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I can see the Carolina Panthers backing up Condor's point in South Carolina being a sleeper team in the NFC. See, I don't, I don't though, because yeah. when, I, when I look at this team, and yes, they've made some upgrades to the offensive line, but one of the players on the offensive line, and I think he's going to have a phenomenal career, but early on he may struggle based on the opponents and the defensive lines that they're going to be facing. Uh, Ikeem Iquano, he struggled in preseason now. Uh, he got his welcome to the NFL moments in preseason, not just one game, but Boy, every last he. one of them that he played. So when you look at the opponents that they're going to be playing within their first six or seven games, they're playing defensive linemen who are the best in the game. So I don't and, – and if I – Miles Garrett week one. You want to know why I'm lining Miles Garrett up? <laughs> right over Ikeem Iquano. That's who that's – the entire game. I'm not letting him go to the other side. 
I want to see if they're going to double team me or they're going to leave this rookie one-on-one. Now, the other thing that bothers me is that Christian McCaffrey the last two years has only played 10 games. Then a lot of people are saying, like, okay, just rush the football with McCaffrey to help out Baker Mayfield, whatnot. You can't just force to run to Christian McCaffrey like that if you're coming off injury the last two years. you gotta, you got to pick and choose your battles. Now, the, the good thing about it is that you have Chuba Hubbard as well, so you can do it with a one-two punch. I'm interested to see can this offensive line be better because if this offensive line is not good, then Baker can't be good. If this offensive line can't be good, then the run game can't be good. So everything for I think for Carolina is going to be predicated off their offensive line because defensively, what, they were the second-best defense last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about them defensively. Me neither. I'm worried about them offensive line-wise and can the quarterback be consistent and not turn the football over. They have the Browns, Saints, Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Buccaneers, part of their first seven you see, games. You see those defensive lines that yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, they, they got some dudes brutal, that they're going to be playing against. And Baker Mayfield, he may, he may have to have the quickest release of any quarterback because he may not have the ball long and if he does he's going to have company from guys that are not his friends one last one from chris in atlanta chris who could be the biggest sleeper team in the nfl this year my friend it's obviously the chicago bears okay because nobody's counting the chicago bears to do anything whatsoever not one analyst has ever picked them they are the very definition of a sleeper team they have a young quarterback unquantified offense nobody knows what they're going to do i'm picking the bears 10 and 6 to win the division. No. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, he's from your hometown, but no. They're not winning 10 wins. See, no. Chris, no. I appreciate you being from Atlanta. See, I'm right here in my basement, and as I'm looking to my left, obviously you have come over here and you've drinking some of this whiskey this morning. Because <laughs> you got whiskey you in the morning? That, Boy, yeah, you're going he, hard. <laughs> he, he's been drinking whiskey, obviously, but for, to even make that statement, I, I, I don't know, Chris, I don't know what rock you've been living under. But the Bears are not number one winning the division. They're not number two going 10 and 6. And it wouldn't be 10 and 6. It would have to be 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. Yeah. Here, here's the deal. You and the Bears have a lot in common, Harry. You're in the basement, and that's where they're going to be, in the basement of the NFC North. This is where my wife put me, too, man. She, put, she kicked me out the office upstairs, so, told so, me to go down So here. it's no longer the man cave. It's now like the banished cave. That's where you yeah, are right now? Like, my wife kicked me out the office upstairs, hey, told me hey. I'm bothering people sleeping up there and stuff. So Happy wife, basement life for you when it comes to yep. that. Hit us on Twitter, your sleeper teams in the NFL, at hdouglas83. <laughs> that's Harry's handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. And what was the best story from this weekend in college football? You'll find out about that story. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 15 minutes from Cowboys owner Jerry Jones being two things. One, a risk taker. And the other delusional risk taker. We'll talk about that in 15 minutes here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Watch us on ESPN2 and hit us up anytime you want on the ESPN app. Always good to bring an ESPN college football senior right ahead of Dennis. Always great to have her presence joining us here. Thanks to Eckridge Smoked Sausage. Find the refrigerated meat aisle of your favorite grocery store to create one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckridge, you do you. Heather, it was an unbelievable weekend, the first weekend in college football. What was the best story, in your opinion, from this weekend? Well, the best story didn't happen on the field. It happened off, in my opinion. I was standing in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, on Friday afternoon when 11 presidents and chancellors decided to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams starting in 2026. They also gave the commissioners direction to try and get it done earlier, as soon as 2024 or 2025. And, guys, I am going to Dallas this week to meet with those commissioners and hear what they have to say following their meetings to see if they can actually get this done any earlier. Now, Hill, I will ask you this. Like, what is the benefit of the college football playoffs going to 12 teams versus being four right now? The benefit – as they have said, is greater participation amongst the student-athletes, more teams involved. And I will tell you guys, one of the biggest winners is the group of five here because under this format, it's the six highest-ranked conference champions and the next six highest-ranked teams. So there's obviously five group of five teams, and then you have that – I mean, excuse me, five power five. Mm -hmm. Then you have that one additional spot. It's going to go to the Cincinnati's of the world. And remember, last year, Cincinnati had to be perfect. We're not talking about Cincinnati this year because they lost to Arkansas in week one. They had to be Mm -hmm. perfect last year. They had to win their conference championship. They had to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame had to be good. No more miracles needed in this new system for the group of five. Heather, you mentioned that. That you were in Columbus, Ohio State's win over Notre Dame. Many people thought they were going to run away and hide from Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a lead going into the second half of this one. What was your biggest takeaway from watching those two teams have at a Saturday night in Columbus? Biggest takeaway was that Notre Dame should still be talked about in the college football conversation. That defense was outstanding in the first half. I don't think Ohio State fans should be panicking at all. I thought Ryan Day had a great message post game, which was that we had to gut it out and win in a way we weren't used to. And to be able to play defense, run the ball. Man, guys, Harry, you were there. That fourth quarter drive that lasted (laughs) seven minutes. And C.J. Stroud in that moment completing nine of ten passes in the fourth quarter was outstanding. But to me, the big takeaway was Notre Dame just put forth such a gutsy effort. Let's keep talking about them until they give give us a reason not to. Yeah, and I'm I'm eyeing the game. I'm I'm banking on Notre Dame winning. 
um, for the big matchup against Clemson. That, that, that's if Clemson can win and stay undefeated up until that point. November 5th, Freddie, I think that game is mm-hmm. at South, South Bend. Yeah. Um, I think that's a game to look out for. But I think Ohio State and Jim knows coming over from Oklahoma State, Heather, you've seen his implement, his stamp within that game, the blitzes that he dialed up. Uh, what did you think about the performance of Ohio State's defense, uh, especially in the second half? I thought that the narrative switched because last year when we were talking about Ohio State, the question was, can the defense be any better? And it was outstanding. They gave up zero points and a total of 72 yards Mm. in the second half. That was remarkable. So to be able to win it that way was exactly what Ryan Day was talking about. And he thinks that that's going to benefit them moving forward. And I think it will, too. And everybody's talking about Alabama and Georgia and deservedly so. But remember how Georgia beat Clemson last Last year, what was it like? Ten to seven. Ten to three. Mm-hmm. Ten to three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody was panicking over Georgia in that moment, right? And yep. I think it's kind of a similar situation with um, Ohio State. And by the way, they won by double digits. Yeah, no doubt about the hit on Twitter. CFB Heather Heather Dennis, ESPN College Football senior writer, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Keyshawn J Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Notre Dame's ex-husband Brian Kelly was at LSU last night with his first game versus Florida State. It didn't go up for the special teams. They had the extra point block. They lose twenty-four to twenty-three to Florida. To state it was not the debut that of course he was looking for what did you think about what you saw from opening night for brian kelly's lsu's head coach dear lsu fans if you're surprised by this you shouldn't <laughs> be because anyone who paid attention to brian kelly last year guys they were lucky to beat florida state last year this was like deja vu for brian kelly except in a different color shirt i mean they last year they beat florida state overtime um Notre Dame did. And this year, it was very similar And that at halftime, he's blaming the players again. I'm, I don't know if you guys remember this, but last year, yeah. his his word execution when he was joking at halftime made oh, yeah. headlines mm-hmm. afterwards, oh, right? Yeah. So here we are again. This time, I mean, look, LSU fans have a very, very high standard. He didn't meet it. But again, I'm not surprised. Now, I got to ask you about the Georgia Bulldogs. They blew out Oregon 49-3. Stetson Bennett got a fresh cut, looking good, out there balling out through for over uh, 360-plus yards, two touchdowns. Is Georgia right now the team to beat in the SEC in your eyes? Well, I mean, Alabama might have a word. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's fair to say that those two teams are penciled in for the college football playoff. But my question is, how good is Oregon? I mean, really, I think the truth lies somewhere in between here. Georgia deserves a ton of credit, especially after losing five first-round NFL draft picks on defense. They did not miss a beat. But I'm also like, ooh. Ugly Oregon. Just ugly duck. You mentioned, and by the way, going back to that Georgia-Oregon game, because the SEC this weekend was 13-1. and Only loss was the LSU versus Florida State. We know they've always been strong, Heather. How much stronger are they? Because we know Arkansas is going to be good. We know about Georgia. We know about Alabama. You got Texas A&M, Mississippi State. They had a win over the fight fest against Memphis. How good is this league potentially going to be when it comes to the SEC? Well, again, top dog. I mean, there's no other conference in the country that has a better chance right now of sending two teams to the college football playoff, according to the All-State playoff predictor. And Alabama and Georgia are the two teams with the highest chances to not just get to the playoff, but win 
the national title. And so, yes, Arkansas was in a dogfight with Cincinnati. I thought that was a, a really good game. Mm-hmm. But definitely, when you look at these teams, I'm excited to see what Texas A&M down the road does against Miami. Um, but you know how it goes. These guys eventually beat each other up. Everybody does once conference play begins. And I'm curious as to how these races shake up. But obviously, Georgia-Florida is going to be a pretty fun game to watch now, isn't it? Yeah, by 2026, the SEC probably have like all the 12 teams in the college football playoff, which will lead to more expansion if that happens when it comes to the SEC and the 12-team playoff. <laughs> That's going to happen. Great stuff, Heather. Always appreciate the time, my friend. You take care. Thanks. Heather Dennis, ESPN College Football Senior Writer, like I mentioned on Twitter, CFB Heather, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, with Harry Douglas, hit him on Twitter, hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman, hit me on Twitter, at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone number as well, the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we're going to use the B words when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys and their owner, Jerry Jones. And believe me, they're the kind of B words the Cowboys fans don't want to hear about anymore. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.